season one, the ending credits. Play this shit while you contemplate. Play this shit while you. Self-reflection is the capacity of humans to exercise introspection and the willingness to learn about the fundamental nature, purpose, and essence. Reflection don't mean a thing. Reflection. Oh, that's complexion. Not don't mean a thing. Re- reflections do mean a thing. Complexions don't. You're right. Reflection. Oh, so welcome <laughs> to part two of the wrap up of season one for Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. I'm O. I'm No. And together we make Oh, oh No. no. <laughs> yes. So uh, if you didn't catch us last episode, uh, we're trying to wrap everything up to get you ready for season two. Yes. And include all that beautiful feedback that you guys gave us um, during season one. Yeah, we, we really want to take it to heart. And uh, yeah, take some time to get all prepared and revved up for what's to come. Um, and part of the feedback that we got, you know, that's that's our time to take reflection. And I want to share a quote. Yes. Uh, it Hit is, me. Education begins the gentleman, but reading good company and reflection must finish him. Finish him! <laughs> I keep thinking of Mortal Kombat. But you know, maybe they were inspired by Mr. John Locke. Maybe Mortal Kombat was, yeah, maybe. And he is the guy who invented the pursuit of happiness or the idea of the pursuit of happiness, right? Or something he's like arguably, um, he's definitely one of uh, the founding uh, thought leaders back then. Now, is thought spelled T-H-O-T or... T-H-O-T. O-U-G-H-T. Well, in the words of my little brother, be thoughtful not thoughtful t-h-o-t <laughs> uh <laughs> yes john Locke. he was like he was the one who uh also was like subscribing to one religion and forcing everyone to be about it just doesn't make sense so he was he talked oh, about like tolerance of religion and that sort of thing too so like all who, of ain't sudden, nobody got time for that what kind of what does he think this is america fuck yeah The only reason why they even matter is because, you know, we, we love talking about the American dream. Yeah, we like we like using these stories to kind of um, rethink our own, to think of, to think about what it means, what our dreams mean, how we can, what we can learn from each other. Because we, I learn so much all the time from everyone I know. And then we learn so much from you when you guys give us your feedback. Right. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going to get into for the rest of the wrap up of season two. And um, yeah just go through some of the episodes and some of our feedback that we got from you guys or just things that we reflected on afterwards. Cause sometimes you don't really, there's always more you can learn from other people. Absolutely. That's so true. And sometimes when like, we'll later listen to something and it'll just like be like, Whoa, did you know, like, did you feel that? Or like later the takeaways, when we do the takeaways, we're just like, what? I didn't even put those things together while we were recording. And then later on you like, yeah, it gets real meta because we're like putting on the sh- show as well. I think sometimes and me and No have to be a partnership because yeah. that's what we do. And then we like, you know, we're not doing what we just talked about in that episode. We I should know. apply it to what we're doing. Well, like how we now have our communication check-ins yeah. to make sure that we're both happy. 
<laughs> with our work wife ship. Um, we do have a work wife ship. We do. Um, and it's really, yeah, it's great. We learned so much from, from all of our guests and we learned from you. So, uh, Without, here, further, without ado. further ado, yes, here let's, it is. Let's get in. Well, should we tell the story of how we met? So we met at an at an old <laughs> job. How I met my work how wife. I met my work wife. I, we met at an old job, at an old job. That's so romantic. Yeah, and then <laughs> we actually knew each other, but like weren't super close. And then, um. I was looking for a new job um, and she hooked me up with like, uh, you know, she like introduced me like, even though we didn't know very, I, we didn't know each other very well. She I like, pitched her. She pitched me to um, someone else and I took that job. I got the offer of that job, took that job. Um, we would like go out for dinner and stuff and we didn't even know each other for very long, but I was kind of like having a really rough time. Yeah. Um, and we had talked before about like how I think we both talked about like you had tried different kinds of meditation. I was like, oh, I want to meditate. But then when I take this new job, like I started suddenly like having horrible anxiety and I just did not feel like myself. And I'm not an anxious person at all. And then this was really actually interesting because um, I didn't know you super well, but you called me out. You said, what's going on? Like you're something's up with you. No, like you said something's up with you now like I remember it and I was just like what the hell like yeah you know, yeah I think I'd like canceled on like a couple lunches or something and you kind of were like but you didn't you weren't like oh what's up like why are you canceling but you were kind of like you don't seem like yourself you said something to that effect okay like you texted me and you were like what's going on you you came at me from like I'm concerned about you something's going on like not yeah. like oh you're being like you were more like I feel like you're going through something or something like that. I was that. like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. And then I told you and you were like, you were like, you know, I think you should try this, blah, blah, blah. You talked about meditation before. Like, you should just go to the intro talk and see if you, like, you don't have to sign up. You can just go to the intro talk. And then, like, and I was, like, in, like, such, like, a panic state that I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. And then I signed up for it. Uh, did, you know, did went to the intro, liked what I heard, was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, this is worth my sanity. If, like, even if it doesn't work, like, yeah. it's still worth it, whatever. And, like, that's actually how – and I – so then from then on, like, I mean, I liked you as a person, but then I really trusted you as a person because it was kind of bizarre to me that somebody I didn't view as, like, knowing that well had this intuition about, like, my my well-being. I do remember you were, like, in a panic state of it. And I don't – like, maybe I don't remember exactly how – I wasn't, like, a conscious, like, I'm going to, like – Yeah. But, but, like, I said, maybe I sensed something. Yeah, but, you sensed something that, like, maybe other people weren't – like, even people – well, what I noticed about you and why I think we have this like bond or whatever, like we talked about like the, the, like the thing that you were saying, like I'm not normally this like anxious person. Yeah. And I, that was just something that I had like always are continually working on. But I remember running into that wall in my life in terms of like, um, generally being a very like identifying as like a carefree, easygoing person. And just suddenly having kind of a quarter life pr- crisis a little bit in terms of just like suddenly having this anxiety about stuff and trying to understand like where that was coming from. And like, I don't know, I, I felt like that was something that we related to in terms of just like what you normally see. So like, why am I stressing out? Like, I don't care. And I know like I do better when I don't care so much. Right. But. Whatever, I, I, I don't even care. But then, like, finding that balance of, like, 
okay, you do care about it and finding that sweet spot of well, like... Also having anxiety about like things that aren't that important. Like you care about your job or whatever, but like to the point where you're like anxiety is like affecting your life. Like yeah, like you're having li- social anxiety and like random shit. Yeah, like like and you're one- like, why am I having so much anxiety yeah, it's, about it's stuff temporary. I don't really <laughs> Like, yeah, you're the person that always knows that everything's going to be okay. And like, even though like you tell yourself that like your brain isn't like making that connection. It's just like, I've stopped working for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just, you know, years and years of stress and like working in the industry and like in an industry that like literally makes no sense. Um, <laughs> no, well, like working in an, you know, in like in a, an industry that glamorizes stress yeah. and, um, and pushing people and whatever. Yeah. And you could be the happiest person in the entire world. But that doesn't mean that at some point, your body isn't going to like your body's your body's keeping score. Like Emily always says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's a, it's a perfect accountant. Your body is a perfect accountant. That's what Emily always says. And like, you know, at some point it like it caught up. The and, drug dealers were coming to try to, <laughs> to ask try, you for your money. Yeah. My like, adrenaline. I'm going to shit out of you if you don't pay up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's freaking you up. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. actually how. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Th- that's actually why I was kind of like, okay, I fucks with you because like I, I kind of like, I like people, but I kind of take them on a trial run first. But then I was just like, felt really like <laughs> attached to you after that. Um, and then we also have the same views on a lot of things. We like have these like literal marathon conversations if you guys couldn't tell from this recording right now (laughs) we have these marathon conversations about anything and everything like even sad stuff and like shitty things that are happening in the world but we're not like oh the world sucks because of it and like that's actually what's different um i think because we're definitely optimists at the end yeah we can critical and be optimists yeah i think we're design minded that's because we're design minded i think not like and just being design minded just means that you just seek solutions. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and you have to talk about that. So yeah. Anyway, that's how we met. And that's actually... And, and you know what it was for me? What was it? I think I was working on my fundraiser. Oh, yeah. And you were like, that's so cool. And then I think one time we actually were just talking about like being minorities in New York. Uh-huh. And I was just like, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get it. <laughs> yeah. We, like, I mean, we genuinely have like a lot in common. But there was like that weird... You know what? Like kind Emily... Even though she she was kind of our like the connector, even though like, yeah, it, yeah, well, I guess like solidified it solidified some things. It's yeah, a, it created a practice around it. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, sense. totally. I know anything about that, but yeah, in some ways, it's like uh, that's why when you were like, you called me your soul sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she called me my soul sister when Emily asked for. Um, she was like, "Does that anyone?" Has anyone from meditation uh, met more people from like the worked, community yeah, because together. of meditation and the community uh, around that? Because she was apparently getting written up for a New York Times article, and that was the thesis. Yeah. And Noelle posted, immediately responded back to the Facebook post <laughs> being like, me my soul sister and I have meditation. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, then we end up being written up in the New York Times. Yeah, Olivia is the first, Olivia Chow is the first two words in the in the article. Being featured in the New York Times. Um, yeah. So like, actually, that was before the podcast though. We, that had was before, we had pre-podcast. Yeah, we had some other ideas. We could talk about that another time. This, <laughs> this is an evolution of other things. But um, yeah, so Emily kind of solidified that and it really kind of, you had some intuition about me and my state <laughs> and 
I had some intuition that you were fuck wittable. <laughs> fuck wittable. <laughs> I won you over. <laughs> yeah. And then here we are. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, I would say confidence in you. I was like pushing you for jobs and stuff. I don't know. I just <laughs> yeah, like, even though you didn't know me that well, which was like it just like ended up being that was like an intuition thing. That was just random events that just lined up. It was like the earth twisted around her. She shifted the ground. I was like, oh shit, she's off the hook. Just... Episode nine is Brianna Carney Carney of Nest Filler. She's Baller ass boss ass lady. And her episode was about goal setting. <laughs> um, yeah, she's really good at goal setting. And I I think I write on the post that she's like the nicest like human ever. Yeah, but like the nice like she's yeah, she's just the nicest human ever, but like the nicest like go getter, like like someone who sets goals and someone like you think of someone like very rigid and almost like kind of like just oh, competitive too, because she's actually kind of com- she's she ha- self competitive. She's self competitive, you know. Maybe that's why like she's she's still like such a nice person. That's and that's a very chill and ambitious thing there. Because normally, like you think of someone who's competitive, that's like what we were saying. Like ambition has this like connotation that you're like so competitive that you'll just like cut a bitch because yeah. <laughs> you don't because they're like in your yeah. way. Yeah, totally. And she's super competitive, but she's competitive with herself, and she's just the nicest person ever <laughs> totally she's like just like a dream we actually tell it yeah <laughs> all right some hardships we had this season uh we lost some episodes like five to be exact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was that was uh, that was, was a, a trying period in our marriage that was a very <laughs> trying period in our marriage um you know it took a lot of understanding and and um because yeah i had a computer and the computer crashed and they it, weren't backed up and they weren't backed up um and they were supposed to be but you know what no no yeah it was a hard time in our lives but <laughs> actually no hold on let me tell this story because she was bon- like she was a little bit bonks because uh i was like i would left new york for the west coast as i'm I'm wintering in this in in Northern California, and I had like officially quit New York, and then at least for the winter, and then I was coming back so we could record some more. So like done some traveling, whatever. Came back to New York, had a week that I was going to be there, and we needed to put an episode out for the next Wednesday. So it's Saturday. I'm getting to New York on Monday, <laughs> and Olivia goes well. Well, she was stalling for a little bit because she was trying, was to, see, trying, to, she was trying to see if she could like recover some things. Like I was she totally was, she stalling. Was, I was like, it's 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 gotta be somewhere. I was like refused. I was like, it's it's something's happening. Yeah, she's you know, she's trying to like do anything she can to recover it, but she's so she doesn't want to tell me whatever. So she's like, I'm gonna find it, don't worry, I'm gonna make it happen. So anyway, so then she tells me I like have a nervous breakdown. I flip the fuck out. Like right. just the just the flip the fuck out. Like I'm gonna have a BF. Oh my god. She's gonna have a pitch fit. Oh, no, 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 no. D- don't have a, 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 a BF. As anyone, I think, maybe would. I am so freaking pissed. Uh, when you're like, holy shit, because what had ha- that meant that we had no more episodes. Like, because mm-hmm. um, it crashed like after the last episode we had released. So I was like, oh my God, we need something for Wednesday. So, like, we're flipping out. I'm, you know, like being a little bit of, I'm raging a bit. Whatever. And then we're like, okay, so we're supposed to record five new episodes 
there's five five new interviews what we had lined up in in um in New York. But I get there Tuesday, and now we don't have the other five that we were supposed to have. So we were going to be set up for 10, which is, you know, 10 weeks, two and a half months of episodes. So now I'm like, we don't have anything for Wednesday, and we're only going to have five episodes. And, like, that's not going to hold us over even till Christmas. So we worked it out. We moved one of the – I was like, we need, you know, talk to Olivia. We moved one of the interviews we had till Tuesday. So we recorded Tuesday, went home to her place – like banged out the edit, like her and I working together, banging out the edit, like setting That's up the a post. Hour it episode. was literally twenty four hours, like of just hauling ass to get it out on Wednesday. From yeah, from even it was actually it was the Nikolai episode. It was the um, the neuro nerd episode that he wasn't planning on interviewing till a lot later, and we were and he was just so down and that. Yeah, he, he was, was like, so, yeah, he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we like go interview <laughs> with him and like in the afternoon, like go to her place, whatever, have the episode out the next day. Thank the Lord. Thank you for being so, for being so flexible, Nikolai. So then we had, you know, the other episodes that we had already scheduled. And then we went back and tried to reschedule the episodes we lost. And we were able to re-record four of them because they were so gracious. Um and they Brianna, were so cool. They were about, so cool about it. And I was like it was, partially the nervousness of it was yeah, like because you don't want to let people down. Like Yeah, they spent time to do this and like having to ask them again and you know yeah, and, and we wanted them to know like we take the you know, we take it seriously and, and like we really appreciated their time. Um but you know what? Everyone was really understanding, so we, we were able to re record four of them. Uh one was Dina, one was Brianna. Um, one was Stephanie, Stephanie, and one was Jay. So, um, Brianna, they were like all, everyone was so gracious about it. Like, you know, Steph was like, oh, I, you know, I'm a designer. I've totally lost stuff. Don't even worry about it. Like, um, Jay's like, no problem. Dina was like, okay, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do Bye. it. I just hope, she's <laughs> like, I just hope it's as good as it was the first time because the first time was excellent too. Um, and Brianna was like, Brianna, Brianna was like, of course, let's do it again. She goes, oh, my God. And while we're recording, we come to record it the second time. She goes, I hope you lose it again so we can re-record again. So much fun. <laughs> this is so much fun. I want to see. She said, I hope you lose it again so we can I can see you more. I was <laughs> we're like, like Brianna, no. can we just hang out? Let's just hang out. And not the stress <laughs> of losing the episode. Yeah. But anyway, so that was like a big learning experience. Like, even though we knew we needed to back everything up, now we double check. Yeah. You know, everything is... We yeah, I back yeah, it up on a hard drive, and then it's on the it's on the cloud, and yeah, yeah we do it immediately. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was a big some learning. operations things. Yeah, that was a big learning one, and you know, because we never want to have those phone calls again. You know, trying to work with people to like, we don't want to waste our time or their time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the stress of it. Yeah, you know, you know, because like when things like that happen, like literally, my heart sank. I like I I know that like I was maybe I was I mean, hard. My, yeah, it was. There's some crying involved. There was some crying. <laughs> A lot of crying involved. Like you put me in such an uncomfortable situation. Like you know I'm not happy. You know I'm trying to see if it'll work out here. And I because <laughs> a lot of emotions. Yeah, and you have that feeling like oh it can can never be fixed. But you know what? It can. We like we worked it out. We did ten episodes. I totally thought s- you were gonna divorce me. <laughs> I was like I have to find this. I have to figure it out. Yeah. You're all like yeah. <laughs> no, we do, we do eleven episodes, but we cut one of them, right? Hmm. Um, that last maybe one, it might be that I'm last not, one that we decided to cut out yeah um well one other thing i wanted to mention about that and i actually uh about so we did nikolai's episode right mm-hmm. 
uh, what was so meta about it was that so, right, he is, his whole story is that he had a brain injury and he had to literally relearn how to um, move, like, get his brain to do basic functions of how to write, how to do all these, like, um, like walk and all these sort of things. And he has this parallel with um, how he gets into neural networks and computers. And when he was explaining to me how uh, his brain pretty much, it was just like it was all jumbled up and in pieces. And it's not like when he was rewiring his brain, it wasn't like, I think he mentioned in the episodes, like he joked that he would have like a new handwriting, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. It was just like, he literally was just himself again, but he had a, it's like he was starting over from being Mm -hmm. a child and that all the information is there. And I was like, that's pretty much what the person who was looking at my computer said about my computer. Cause we actually were able to recover all the information, but the files opened up. It's like nothing. They were all corrupt. Yeah. They, they were, were like- all messed up, but I had like gigs and gigs, like the same amount of information, but it, it couldn't be recovered. It like couldn't rewire itself. And like, so he was like, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what's going on in my brain. That's how computers work. And I was just like, this is so crazy that this is happening right now. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking about rewiring your brain and my computer's yeah. completely just dead. dead and not going to rewire itself. Yeah. But we learned a big lesson from that, but also just that you literally can recover from anything. Like it might feel like the end of the world, but you just like, if you just, just keep pushing. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. But anyway, everyone was, it worked out. We didn't die. Nobody died. It, um, we didn't kill We didn't kill each other. Um, but Brianna was so wonderful about it. And she, oh yeah, she's a goal setter. Dope ass lady. And we didn't, I feel like we didn't set her up well enough the second time because the first time we did talk about her, her like background and she's just also now like, you know, she left the startup world. She started another, she started her own startup. Then she pivoted. Yeah. She, you know, she left the travel. She did that travel for older people found, you know, that there was, you know, found that there was a reason why they weren't traveling. And then like, tackled that like so she just kept rolling like she did not let the like she she definitely took a lot of lumps like but she just kept going she just kept setting more goals and just like being competitive with herself she never like sits down and is like oh poor me whatever she like never stops well it and she does it in a way that's transformative yeah and i think that's what's really powerful about her because it's easy or not easy but i think a lot of times when people are like don't have negative thoughts it's kind of this very just like shut them off you know yeah. like shut them down and that's definitely not sustainable and it's going to erupt at some point and you're always going to be fighting it she's really good at transforming negativity in the sense of i think um she sees opportunity in the problem yeah she sees she sees opportunity um in setbacks like her punishments ends up being like Product, productive, <laughs> yeah, right? like it goes towards other mile. goals, right? Right. Yeah. So, like, it, right, if she doesn't meet one goal in one area, she has to like run an extra mile, but then she also has running goals. <laughs> so, it's like those fall into productivity in other ways. And yeah. I think that's why she's, she's always so propelling good. forward. Yeah. She always gets that momentum. And, um, going back to what you just said about like her not being neg, like seeing the negativity. You know, actually, I just realized it's like people always think like, oh, don't think negative thoughts. It, I don't think that I think that when you are like productively minded that you don't necessarily see it as a negative. You just see it like as like a process built like she builds room in it for like she builds. 
the difficulty into the, like she's already accounting for that. And so like when it happens, it's not like, ah, like my life's over. Yeah. It's expected to happen. And it's part of the process. And it's kind of like, was it in um, the war of art? (laughs) uh, He talks about uh, one of the first movies that he ever finally gets to, to screen and it totally bombs. Yeah. And he's, he's just destroyed about it. But his friend goes like, that's just part of going pro. Yeah. Like, that that's actually should be seen rewarded. People who never go pro don't never get to tr- fail. Yeah, they don't exactly. get to like have the bomb. Like, and everyone bombs at some point. Oh, one uh, two things I want to call out about her episode. Uh, she I liked how she she used the term intellectually greedy. Yes, which I was like, I'm totally intellectually greedy. Yeah, you want and, to know everything, everything. Yeah, and uh, I just liked how she put that. Um, and then also she mentioned the privilege of achievement, which I had many conversations with Noel about this. I just really stuck out to me as something that I thought was really um, uh, insightful that she made about when I asked her, why do you think you're such a good goal setter? You know, like, is this built into your personality or like, were you just like born out of the womb with a post-it pad or something? And she was like, I think I had the privilege of achievement in that when uh she comes from a family who are very like athletically oriented and she maybe kind of similar to Katrine had um been instilled with the yet kind of aspect of like you're like I'm not doing this yet you know and um and as a result she had the yet but also had the uh, privilege to accomplish the yet and to see that process and I thought that was really cool that she like saw as a privilege, you know, like and acknowledging that not everybody has that. Uh, not that they don't have the ability to cheat, but they weren't exposed to either seeing it framed that way, um, or just didn't have the opportunity to achieve something uh, that, or like be able to be a clear like I want this and then achieve it. Yeah, everyone has some privilege. You have, and it's all unique to your situation. And how do you use that? Yeah. And, I think it's just a humbling thing because yeah. then you cherish it. Yeah. Stupid ass students, true. I got truant to Spanish, beats by English, rap channels, fluent. Justin Freeman. He, Justin Freeman. 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 Justin Freeman, who episode was on rethinking um, weakness. Weakness. His was like one of those that everyone kind of reached out about. Uh, it is straight here. I got a lot of people saying that was their favorite episode yet. Um, yeah. And yeah, just like his story arc in terms of like being uh growing up with ADHD and, and learning disability and kind of seeing viewing himself in it's one stupid, specific way. But early. Yeah, and having people treat him that way and then having the epiphany one day, like via a teacher that disability was a social construct and then just kind of being like wait a minute let me like right it's almost like revolutionary like to have a moment like that and then Mm -hmm. just say i've been looking at my whole life the through the wrong lens Mm -hmm. like let me empower myself and others yeah that's what's so cool about him is that yeah he took that and then decided to like impact others in a positive yeah he actually acted on it too wasn't just like oh what a cool idea Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, I'm going to teach inclusive education. And or- really spread that message. And it applies to anything. Because, yeah, it's it's just like looking at anything being socially constructed. Um, 
like, yeah, we were saying that's a nice segue from being like privileged because we do have this idea of like, these people are privileged or not privileged, but that's a total social construction as well. And it's definitely a lot more contextual, you know, um, of when something is a strength or a weakness, when something is a privilege or not a privilege, like it's completely contextual. And um, even if, I, I think a lot of our listeners apparently had ADHD, so yeah, like really, hit, people did. really hit home. But even if you didn't or like wasn't someone who identified as that, like we all have that what we don't see as a privilege or see as a disability in our life, something that we yeah. think is like crippling that will like, whether it's like anxiety or just like, I'm not attractive enough or whatever, like that you think won't, will like just totally be this hindrance from getting where you need to be. Yeah. And one of my favorite things that I learned from him was actually taking this idea of how students are taught and they're saying, oh, well, it's fair to, you know, this is the way we teach students because like 60% of students are like this. And then, you know, it's not fair to teach towards ADD or ADHD or whatever. But then just being like, well, how is it fair, right? Like Mm -hmm. the only fair way is to really include everyone. And that was such like, I know that that's, that sounds obvious, but not just in terms of, like in terms of education and just the way that a lot of public services are run, yeah. they're not inclusive. And the way we think about people and like people in the job force or people that we work with, like policies are not usually inclusive of everyone. And and we are always playing to like, yeah, the majority, but like maybe even in your friendships or you're like, oh, well, like most people would be okay with this. It's like, well, what if it's like something either everyone can be okay with or nobody would feel completely comfortable with. Like, I think that that, that really like sparked something in me to, to really think about what it means to be fair or like what are given when something, when a system is built for one side, like how it's not, it's, well, I, it makes me think of actually one of my earlier sociology classes. And I I think that was kind of my aha thing with that was like, when you, when someone has an advantage, then Then everyone else has a disadvantage. It's inherently, in yeah. that way so like but he when people are like who have the advantage or like it's not fair if we include everybody <laughs> it's like wait why wait. is it fair that you have this advantage <laughs> totally and that's taking the privilege like to another level like yeah and what was interesting about that to me is so yeah the way we teach actually isn't even to the majority so there's not even like a oh well it's how we're making the exception for these three people or something yeah. like that. And like, you know, then how is it fair to like cater to these like minorities? But it's actually like, it doesn't teach to the majority. And then also what I thought was like, I hadn't really even thought about was he was making an argument that actually teaching the ADD kids actually raises the standards mm-hmm. for teaching for everybody Everyone? because yeah. people who have ADHD um, have trouble paying attention. So that means you need to create curriculums that are more engaging, yeah. that are more interactive, that are more um, like play to different, like they yeah. like to learn different types of ways of engaging like with material, how, yeah. you know? And so like, how does not everyone benefit from, from that? It's almost like... Uh, yeah, like he's he, like he was talking about how he like would print out like the directions on a piece of paper and like actually hand it to... The students, because like some people like wouldn't remember and then they have this piece of paper and then they can look at it and they can reread it and they like, and like, yeah, that would be like, that's not like it's a deficit to another student. To yeah. Do something yeah. Like that. And when people first think of it, they're like, oh, well, yeah, you got to teach differently. It's like, actually, you it, could you're just, just learn in better. The first place. Yeah, yeah. It actually like no one's hurting from learning <laughs> 
from having a more exciting curriculum. Like, yeah. <laughs> making this more interesting. Like, that no one loses from that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So his was great because he focuses on abilities. Like, we, when he switched his mindset from disability, like, disability, he even did this thing like, dis, D-I-S, and then slash, slash ability. Like, it's just separating that and focusing on the ability part. A lot of people who have ADHD and a lot of people who, who like, contacted us about it and stuff like that, or, like, most of them are, like, designers or creative people. And I think, like, we kind of, you kind of, maybe it's a benefit. Like, I've always thought that maybe, like, yeah, sure, I have a hard time paying attention to things. But, like, I think it also makes me, like, think more, think more creatively, like, have more ideas. Yeah, he talks about that, how, like, a yeah. lot of CEOs, right? Yeah. Some of these, like, the really creative innovators all have some level of ADD. Yeah. And, and like, talked about, like, David Bowie probably had ADD. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's like, it doesn't have to be bad. You told me it's bad. I don't think it's bad. We had Yana. Yes. This is culinary collaborator or culinary collaboration. 50 states in 50 weeks, she brought her pop-up shop. Oh, my God. Or yeah. pop-up dinners all around the country. Yeah. And then she went to South America. And she's actually back in the U.S. I think she had some uh, some visa issues. <laughs> so she's back in the U.S. doing pop-ups. She's actually in San Francisco right now. So we'll hopefully see her in the next couple days. Yeah. And her story is amazing. The way she like gets to tell stories through food and then also like give back to community. She's really um, wonderful about like the collaboration is really about the connection between all that. And like everyone she meets just loves her. Like, yeah, she has definitely this glowing energy. energy. Yeah. And, it, and that's part of the reason why she could do 50 states in 50 weeks. <laughs> she makes connections with people very quickly um, and, and builds her trust very quickly, it seems like, to either have them open up their home so they can actually host um, her in the new place that she is in or like hosting the dinner. Like, she. People invite her into her home apparently like all the time yeah. to, to operate her business. And uh, it seems like most of the time they're they're strangers. Yeah. And I mean Or like a friend of a friend or a friend like yeah. but like still, like um She's very to gracious too. very quickly. I loved how she was talking about like how when you're in someone else's space, you ha- you can't afford to bring that negative negativity, like even mm-hmm. when you are having a hard time, because you know, like you're like she's very respectful, almost like um like she's a very gracious, well, she's respectful ga- guest. She also seems to like accept the responsibility of that. Yeah, of like, yeah, that I'm taking this on. This is my like, yeah, it's not someone else's problem. You it's know? her. Yeah, she there. She's appreciating that they're taking the time to do that. So I better like bring my positivity into this. Yeah, yeah. she actually shows a lot of gratitude. I didn't think about that originally, but she does like with the food through the food with the food like and then the proceeds from her dinners like a good pro- a percentage of the proceeds go towards her charity sustainable farming and in, in the philippines for people affected by typhoon haiyan so she's like this all comes back together but yeah it really well i think that's like gratitude. i think that's a key learning about collaboration yeah. i think that's why big reason why she's such an effective collaborator is her is her gratitude and it's it's respecting the partnerships and building that and she builds trust through gratitude as well, like not taking any of it for granted. Um, and that seems to make people want to work with her. Yeah. 
I mean, and who wouldn't want? She she has the food. <laughs> right. And plus she has really good food. She has the food and the energy. And actually, I think one of my favorite things that came out of that episode, too, was when she talked about how she wanted to do something to help um, after the her, after the typhoon. And um, she kind of, like, didn't know what she could do. And then her friends were like, and she was like, oh, your friend, her friends were like, stupid, you can host a dinner. Mm-hmm. And then she, like, realized she wasn't powerless. Mm-hmm. The learning for me was, like, you're not as powerless as you think. Anytime you're like, oh, I wish I could do this, whatever. Like, maybe, like, you can just ask yourself, what can you do right now? That kind of comes back to even, like, uh, Emily uh, McGlone from from Peace Boat and, mm-hmm. like, her service. Like, mm-hmm. It's really like, oh, what can I do now? Yeah, just taking the skills that you have and, yeah, applying it towards a cause. Actually, that's something I want to do more. We we um, we both went to this yellow conference. and Actually, that was something I yeah. was reminded about of that where I was like, I want to make a difference. And there were, like, people who were like, yeah, my, like, corporate clients, but then I also have, like, my nonprofit clients that I do my stuff for. And I'm like, I should just probably do that. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I have my bread and butter, but then, like, you know, on a sliding scale, like, I I have skills and, yeah, just... Start putting those towards causes that you care about. How can you help? Episode 12 with Aaron Brown. Aaron. Aaron, that was a good one. That was a hard one. It was really hard. Communication was the title of that one. Mm -hmm. Was the name of that game. And uh, it was a bit more of a serious episode. Um... Aaron took it very seriously. I think he even commented it partway through. Like, he definitely thought very carefully about how he was wording everything. And, um, which made sense because it was a communication episode. So, yeah. like, he was very selective and thoughtful with how he communicated the, these thoughts um, about human relationships. Uh, and, yeah, I think it was really effective. It was kind of framed up this thing about, like, ethical non-monogamy. Yeah. And that's uh, something like a movement that he subscribes to. But at the basis of it is really about communication because how did, I really like, he says this very quickly actually in the episode, but I caught it and I really liked it. It's like the whole point of this is to build relationships from the ground up just like you want them to be. And to do that, you need to communicate with that person what that is. And he talks about how like, that doesn't mean like, that's your relationship for everyone. Actually, most people have like this like one laundry list of like, this is my dream person. And like his whole thing is actually building these relationships individually. And maybe like with this individual person, this is the type of thing that you're looking for. And that's not the same for every single relationship. And as a result, he talks about how uh, there's no vocabulary for some of the relationships that he has because they just are and they're so individualized you can't even yeah well like it's like come up with one word for like what this person means to you his was really interesting because i remember when i like first met him we just ended up talking he was like 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 i said oh i was surprised by how he how highly he spoke of women and that's actually when it came out that he was ethically non-monogamous and then we started talking about and i was surprised by how much like appreciation and respect for like what women yeah but i was yeah that was that was part of it but also like that he seemed so insightful like when you because like maybe when you first hear that somebody is like non-monogamous you're like oh this is somebody who's just trying to like get their rocks off with as many people as possible and like that's everyone's prerogative but like there's definitely the sincerity to him that i was like okay 
but it was fun. Like it was a fun conversation. And then like, he was like, yeah, that, that care that he took in, in our conversation that when we actually recorded, mm-hmm. um, you could tell, like there were some tough moments. Like he was kind of feeling everything while we were talking. And I really appreciated that. And it like really kind of drove home, like the effectiveness of, well, practicing of what you preach, preach and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when we talked about how like jealousy and stuff and like, he was just like, yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Like um, I was, I don't know that I was surprised to hear that, but it like really made me think like, well, like that he does this with intention. Yeah. It's very, it's incredibly intentional. Like building uh, the relationships was, as you, as, as you, you want them to be. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's this like sincerity that was like so different. I don't know. I don't know. It like it it stuck with me like just in terms of like I think that men kind of get the rap for like not being like in touch with their emotions, but like I don't know that women are that in touch with their emotions either, but it was like re- I don't know. They had this like impact on me. It definitely He's, did. I've had many conversations with him um in terms of like it's something you cultivate, you know? And yeah, I find though in general um once you start setting certain intentions, you become a pretty fast learner. Like, not that he was ever like totally like insensitive and stuff, but like, I actually feel like I was partially gravitated. Um, me and Aaron went to college together. And I feel like I think I was partially gravitated to him and our group of friends because we actually weren't, we were emotionally developed in some ways, but we also were people that like, it was really easy to just like rail on each other and just be like, keep it moving you know mm-hmm. like and i think i was actually like that was actually more and i don't know if he would say i think that like in terms of like a a marker of how our, our group worked like we actually probably didn't do as well back then in terms of like someone bringing up an insecurity or being like hey like guys like i don't really think like you know it kind of hurts me when you guys do this like we were definitely more of a group that was kind of like yo, we're getting shit done. Like, like, like stop complaining or like, we're just trying to like, and we yeah. weren't the most emotionally sensitive that way. And I think we both kind of in our trajectory, like as adults actually both became more, more like, you know, seeing that as part of the process, accepting yourself and how like your life is a lot more fuller with that. And like, so it, it wasn't like, it was something he definitely worked on. Um, Cause I definitely remember he's definitely gone through some dark times. And I remember not being able to really talk to him for a bit like knew something was up with him but he just really wasn't talking about it and i think he's so, grown a lot yeah and some of these relationships he kind of talks about a little bit like opened him up to that and i think what you're saying about the respect towards women well the thing is i think one of the big parts about communication is that you also obviously have to really respect uh the person that you're negotiating with and i think honestly you know the the given isn't the most respectful towards women yeah. So, like, it is a stark contrast from um, totally the typical dating culture. I actually, I've had, like, <laughs> I, I want everyone who's, like, dating to listen to this. Because, yeah. like, even if you're, like, not... Even if you're married, you should listen to this. Yeah, because it's really thinking about um, what it means to respect someone and their ideas and their agencies. And then also being in touch with yourself. Because if yeah. you're not even communicating with yourself, you can't even communicate to someone else. So yeah. it's a whole, and it's daunting, but it seems like you create a lot deeper relationships. You're not going to probably like have the same stupid relationship over and over again. Cause you mm-hmm. know, that's like a thing, right? Like yeah. where you start just repeating yourself. Cause like with different people, cause yeah. that's just how you relate to them. You know? Well, 
so like this one had takeaways. Like we have takeaways for all of them, and we kind of like noted some of them and everyone. But like this had so many good ones. Maybe they like really just like re- resonated with me that I kind of like want to recap them. So like being upfront all the way through, like mm-hmm. setting the the expectation, but then like also checking in regularly, like That's- being like honest about what you want all the time, not just like. We talked about it. It's good. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that's really. Yeah, and I think that people do that a lot too when they say, "Oh, like when people are like, oh, I'm not looking for something serious,' but then like they they have all the actions of somebody who's serious or like a really, you know, they're you know, I call it uh, the girlfriend experience or the boyfriend experience. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I don't want anything serious, but I want to call you all the time and tell you about what I ate for dinner and I want you to, (laughs) but you're you know like, but you're not, yeah, yeah, but like avoid that. That's not that's not really being upfront. That's being upfront once and then never again you know um uh approaching honesty with kindness and respect that's what was one of the things he said you have to do Mm -hmm. um uh key to the whole communication yeah being honest can be pretty brutal and sorry Um, (laughs) (laughs) clearly expressing your boundaries and expectations because like we talked the, the the difference between boundaries that was like a really cool one for me was like that like like somebody you can tell someone what your boundaries are but they don't owe it to you to give that to you necessarily like like you're not you can't be like oh well I don't like that but I like want you to change it like you don't have to yeah and that's a like that's another big one where it's like I would like this from this person somebody's like oh I don't want to give it to you and you're still sitting around hoping that you'll get it it's like and be able to walk away yeah that's something actually I feel like uh I've been more aware of lately in terms of boundaries and then it's not that you can't uh the person should respect your boundaries for sure but like i guess if it if the person's not willing to give it up then if being you have, able to yeah. like be like this isn't working then you shouldn't then just like have the person be stepping on your boundaries continually and yeah. then like yeah it's yeah. Just not gonna work you have to like feel it out like he kind of got like that got kind of got quiet and he's like well maybe they don't they don't owe it to you yeah. and like that was something that was really powerful for me um yeah, engaging in relationships how you want to versus how you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to, if you don't want to be in like a serious relationship, like engage in it. Like, and you're, it's not a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing, which where, is so not like mainstream dating culture. <laughs> no. There's that dance, and it's like it, and it's just, yeah, it's like don't tell me what you fucking had for lunch. I don't care. I don't want to make promises I can't keep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know you do. Yeah. We're on the same page. I mean, I don't, I'm not looking for a relationship right now either. Let's just say that. I just, whatever you want to, I can do, you know, I'd rather just, I like simple, not like other girls where I'm like, be my boyfriend. Unless you were like, yeah. And I'd be like, maybe. <laughs> we, we've talked about this a lot about just like telling people, oh, like that was rude or disrespectful. And they take it as like you wanting to be. Oh yeah. That they think there's like, there's no, like the, yeah. the, the hardest thing I think about dating I've noticed is like people have trouble with the fluidity because I don't know if it is this construct like you're either the girlfriend or you're just someone I'm fucking or like it's yeah people don't do well with like finding those gray areas that he's talking about which because what happens when you become the hookup there's a lot of like I think baggage of like not respecting that person in some ways because like you don't want them to think that it's becoming more serious and you also just see them as someone you're like yeah, so you don't want to like be like, oh, I didn't like this, or like I felt like that, you know. You're allowed to do that, like yeah. even if you don't want to be with someone. Yeah, like 
saying that is really important. Like communicating with them and like a, treating them like a person means you're all of a sudden <laughs> in girlfriend and boyfriend. Like, I didn't hook it, up with you to have conversations yeah. about like what's yeah, going or calling on. Calling people out on certain things, like when they when they bother you, or like people being able to do that to you too, you know, yeah. or have like important conversations about the state of the world and not think that like. And it's so this is like entering a contract into the marriage. Yeah. And it's so ingrained in our culture that people don't even see it as disrespect because I actually that's something that I find I end up just calling out on people with when they don't communicate is like it's actually not very respectful at all when you like (laughs) we need ghost my ghost sometimes. Yeah. Well, when you ghost or just like won't have a conversation with someone because you don't want to see them as a human being with like needs and issues and like ideas and like whatever, you know, and like it, it's just being able to like talk to somebody and like not necessarily having that to be um, yeah, a huge like commitment in that way. Yeah. Let's go to sleep. Um, and then going on from there, we actually, uh, talked to Stephanie Felicita, Felicita, um, who is a packaging designer and world traveler and she works out there and travels out there. Dope. That one was an episode coming yeah. as well. Um, and was received quite well. Yeah. People were waiting for that one. And, they uh, told us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool how she was able able to do that um yeah she really kind of like pushes i like i like how she said she feels like comfortable in the discomfort like you know there's that that like sense of you know like life begins at the end of your comfort zone but i think that that's that's true is like um her stating when you get when you travel you can be anyone you want to be yeah that was a feedback that i got from a lot of people that they liked about that episode um but what I thought was interesting too is, yeah, so she gets comfortable in the discomfort, but then it almost becomes, she becomes uncomfortable in the comfort sometimes. Yeah. Right? Like, because cause it's like, it's stagnation. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it's really about growth. Which right? I appreciate like, that. Yeah. I think that's my biggest fear, actually. I Stag- hate stagnation. Oh. Yeah. Amen, sister. Yeah. But I think that's like that with anyone who's kind of driven, like who's ambitious but chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people seem to just love it, but yeah. yeah, for me, it actually, it makes me more uncomfortable um, um, to be stagnant. Yeah, I love that. I also like that she kind of like keeps a non-judgmental view of the world. Mm-hmm. Like she, she kind of takes a chance everywhere she goes. Like, which she's kind of like more like we were talking about how she's like shy and it was like, she's more of a listener. Um, and she was, and she does She's, listen to herself yeah, very well. Tuned in traveler, yeah, that was her the name of her episode. But yeah, she does listen to herself. So, but back to that communication, um, and but, that's why I think she's able to do like she's listening to those instincts and how she can get herself in and out of certain situations. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of like she goes and she kind of like goes with the flow. She's like, okay, like what can I absorb from these other people? How can they show me? Like, how do I see the eyes through someone else's? Versus like the world constantly asserting yourself into everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's actually like a very like powerful and quiet strength of hers. 
I like that. Actually, I think I, I wrote for her the unexpected takeaway is like how powerful being a good listener is, which is like, okay, we understand the power of listening, but like it can be just as effective, even more effective than being a good talker. It's actually more effective. Yeah. <laughs> um, people tend to like you more. Like, have you heard that there's that quote? It's like people won't remember what you did and they won't remember what you said, but, but they'll remember how remember you, you made them feel. Yeah. Well, especially, yeah, with with making an impact on people. But it's funny because that's not how we think of someone who's charismatic. We think of someone who is really good at talking, people who are good, at, like people who are very persuasive. Uh-huh. We think of people who are good talkers, right? The gift yeah. of gab and like that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. there's definitely a power in that. But well, yeah. And I think there's like some level of manipulation kind of considered in that too. Well, you the the anecdote you used where it was like those two people went on a date with the yeah, same, yeah. that lady went on a date with two people who were running for mayor and she after the dinner with one she thought he was the mo- cleverest man in England mm-hmm. and at the end of the other one she thought she was the cleverest person in England. Yeah. Like that's the perfect antidote. Totally. Anecdote, not antidote as well. Yeah. Listen. Listen, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> Jay's episode, Jay Rifle, who is Rifle. R- rifle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He says rifle. I know. I know. I got it wrong this time, which I normally don't. Um, rifle. Like yeah. God. <laughs> positive procrastination. Um, yeah. He's. I actually really like that episode. I feel like that episode actually jump started. Uh, I I feel like I was kind of in a slump, and uh, I noticed some of the things when I was editing his episode that I was starting to apply again. And like, um, in terms of one of the big takeaways that we talk about with procrastination is like actually overloading your list mm-hmm. um, as a procrastinator, because uh, like people who aren't procrastinators will kind of be like you should just like narrow your focus like just try to do three things and it's not that you don't just try to do those three things i think like he um we talk about how like needing you needing to have the long list so that you have the anxiety and also like the choice to like pick out what you want to do certain things speak to you is what he is i think how he said it right for me it's a combination of having the list and then prioritizing it and having some structure to it and knowing that it's coming up because like without that without that sense of urgency and creating like the smaller deadlines so that like I get stuff done earlier because I need that urgency I need the sense that it's like coming up around the corner so how can like if just something's around not, the riverbed yeah or that it's like pretty much due now <laughs> like so like, yeah I need the long list and I need the like yeah sense of urgency um I really liked like so I don't think I don't know if we made this that clear but like he found I mean, I think we did talk about it, but not in depth about how, so he was a screenwriter and, you know, he was procrastinating and it gave him all this anxiety and whatever, but then kind of cooking became like this tool of procrastination. That's actually how he found his second like passion. And he kind of like works into that, like plans on, on writing and cooking and like, and it kind of becomes like, cause I think that there is some, um, some comfort in like repetitious tasks or things that are like, yeah, that, that, that immediacy of being able to make a, a like make food. Right. Whereas like writing is this long-term task. Well, it's, it's the good procrastination then yeah. because especially with something like writing or anything that's creative at some point you can't just keep 
hitting your head against the wall. You need to let it marinate. It actually, that's like part yeah. of the creative process. So like him factoring in the, the quote unquote procrastination, it's actually part of the creative process. Yeah. And then how he thinks when he runs mm-hmm. and like lets the ideas bubble up. Yeah. And you uh, can start trusting in the process. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, like kind of like working, working those things in, like all the things you want to do. And then just saying like, how do you utilize, like you utilize this time as like time downtime for your brain? Like, do you utilize this time as like thinking time? Like, right. Well, I, I like it cause it's also another iteration of our like rethinking strengths and weaknesses um, because procrastination definitely has a pretty horrible rep, you know, yeah. like it's definitely in our society seen as like lazy and just like disorganized. And I, I would imagine people with ADHD are generally a lot of times uh, procrastinators too, cause we um, just get interested by yeah. everything. And I definitely I got some feedback from people who listened to the episode, being like, "Yeah, so it definitely made me feel better about being a procrastinator and like not having that stigma and guilt like <laughs> held around it because that's just friction as well." And I think that adds to the anxiety that he he talks about is very yeah. real that comes with being a procrastinator. And um, but like how to transform that, and yeah. also yeah, just seeing how yeah. It- can be positive in some ways yeah like he went from being like a screenwriter to being a screenwriter who's like a chef for two supper clubs and like an avid runner yeah you know (laughs) yeah exactly so um (laughs) so yeah don't trip chocolate chip you got this Pascal! So we have episode 15. This is with Pascal from uh, Season Vegan. In Harlem. In Harlem. Uh, His episode is about trust. And um, what was really cool about his was just kind of like how the story unfolded. Started volunteering with with the business because it was a friend. And he kind of wanted to get his resume up and help a friend. And then it kind of grew into this like this family thing. The, like feeling like a part of family and just trusting that like whatever happened that he, even though he spent uh, several years there like helping them out that like they were gonna like do him a solid and then they actually gave him a piece of the business there was like a lot of like instinct there on his own and also just this sense of like build you know the community building community with people that were already his friends and and family and then just like growing that into the extended community yeah, and I think something we didn't talk about in terms of trust, actually, um, with that whole process, there seems to be like a trust in the world and trust in life and trust in people that he yeah. has to be able to do that, to like be able to uh, literally put two or three years into a business and trust that something good's going to happen to it. And pretty much he, he like put the rest of his life on hold in some ways because like he literally had his day job and then spend all his time after it working towards this business that wasn't his and he wasn't getting paid for. And I mean, that's huge to take that leap of faith. Like you really have to trust in humanity to be able to do that. Can I tell you this though? I actually, cause like, I I think I mentioned in there that like, I knew him years ago when I like, and I hadn't seen him in years. And we met when I was like bartending and waitressing when I first moved to New York. I think, I don't think he was always that trustworthy. I actually kind of like, he seems like he's like blossomed as a person. He took that leap somewhere. Yeah. Like he kind of really like became like a like kind of more 
patient, open person. Um, maybe though, maybe and it's I a many that, different things because he. I'm sure I, it's a life lesson, but he does talk about the food too, yeah. and how he's he actually talks about how like not wanting to be short with people, right? Right, he had a short fuse. But I actually think a lot of times that comes from not taking care of yourself. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, he wasn't really liking what he was doing as much. And he wasn't like, you know, like he was burgers and beers all the time. And yeah, like, when you start eating healthier, you're going to have more. It was actually Emily Fletcher talks about it as... Adaptation energy? Adaptation, yeah, more adaptation energy, like when you meditate. But I think, you know, just taking care of yourself in general, you're going to have more adaptation energy. Like the energy Garbage to, in, garbage out. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. So, like, him probably taking better care of himself, even if he had, like, if you're not taking care of yourself and you have all these ideals, you won't be able to execute. Yeah, that's true. Like, he does eat healthier now. He looks, like, so, he looks, like, great. But I'll also say that I probably being in an, in an environment where he feels like he's contributing to something and he's like with his friends and like he kind of gets to interact with people in this like in this way that actually impacts them like directly because this is a neighborhood that's visiting this place and whatever like that that's all of that's more meaningful. Well, right. He seems to really trust in the mission. And I we kind of get into it towards the end, you know, in terms of talking about like bringing healthy food to Harlem and how he was really sold by the product because, yeah, he was a burgers and beers guy. He's not vegan. He thought the food was really good. And he seemed to just really like something instinctually told him like, this is this is what I want to be about. And I think like whenever you enter into any sort of cause, into like a business, into like a creative work, you have to have like that that tie, that passion to it to keep going. Like even this podcast, the Chillin' Ambitious yeah. Podcast, we talk about it. Like this is like to the core what me and Noel are and what we want to do. And so like for me, it just has to work. Yeah, like, I just it, really yeah. think like this is a message that needs to be out there. I don't feel like it's being talked about enough. Yeah. And like in, if, in this way either. Like, exactly. And there's just this like instinct about like I, I just feel like it has to be out there. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's the la- it's the only thing I've done in the last few years that I'm like really like excited about. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so in a way that it feels meaningful. It's like, yeah, like sometimes, you know, you're tired and you don't feel like it, but there's no way this is never not going to go out like on Wednesday. <laughs> this is no way that this is ever going to like, we're ever going to stop meeting people and telling them about it and like getting we're, people psyched. We're doing it for free right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, like, That's another thing. Like we, we, we put a lot of money and time into this. Like this is a, this is a passion project. Um, so yeah, it's actually kind of like not free. It's kind of like negative. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's we pay to do when it. it comes to money. Yeah, and I think like we definitely we have some ideas on how we're like, working we on can expanding this to make this uh yeah just not a complete like like well, financial burden in that way. <laughs> but like I don't know, it's 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 not like a reason not to do it though. And um yeah, we. And we actually are going to expand this. So, like, we're working, like we mentioned, um, we're working to really grow this. We, we talked about this being a network and a community. And, like, you know, podcast is a wonderful way to, to introduce this to people so everyone can hear these stories. And we, we want everyone to meet each other. We want everyone to work with each other. Um, so, we're going to be hosting networking events, some dinners, maybe even some workshops, um, we're really like we're working on the next phase of what chill and ambitious really is in terms of a community of people um, and yeah, like sharing our learnings and sharing the learnings of so many people who've helped us like we you know we 
want to thank everyone who's done. Like we want to thank every single person who's listened. And we thank every single person who's like given us feedback, given us a rating, a text message, an email, a tweet, like everything because we, we get so much from you. And that's actually why we're reassessing how we're doing season two. Um, like we've had friends who've like consulted with us on like fundraising and sponsorship. We've had friends who've consulted with like with sound and audio. We've had friends who've consulted with, um, with our social media, like literally every, like people spent out. I've spent hours on the phone with people yeah. just talking about our podcast or every time they see me, they ask me how the podcast is going. Yeah. And they tell me like, Oh, I like this episode or like I, this episode wasn't my favorite, honestly. And like, I've been so open with like, just like, you know, we're talking about communicating with like kindness and trust. Like even when people are like giving me stuff yeah. about like what they don't, don't think we're doing as well. Like I, I just take it in such stride and so grateful that they're like, being they, honest with me and be, telling me that because they want us to succeed. Yeah. And that's actually kind of one of those things that Beatrice was saying was like, when your customers give you feedback, take it. Truly, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. So much thanks. So much love. For and like, it really keeps us going and it like, it makes it meaningful and um, we appreciate it so much and appreciate that you appreciate us to, yeah. to be doing this. Um, well, actually, I want to give a big shout out, though, to our sound editor in, yes. in Croatia, Bojan, because Bojan. Bo, I know you've heard my voice before, but I've actually never talked to you because Olivia deals with you. Yes. But thank you so much, Bojan. So much. Your work is fantastic. He's amazing. Cause you're amazing just the way you are. So we learned how to do everything on our own. Uh, yes. So I learned how to sound edit. I learned how to like uh, build a website. Uh, yeah. And like, so actually the first episode, I actually edited completely, cleaned it up. Like, yeah. Too much work. But it was insane because that's not my specialty. Yeah. And I don't actually feel like I actually have a full grasp on understanding sound. And he literally, um, he does like something that was taking me like like, like 16 hours. He doesn't like two, maybe. Well, I think we should kind of explain how we do it too. Like, um, so we edit the sound first. Like we edit the, we, well, have, we, have, to, we have the we recording. Edit the, we edit the composition. We edit the recording. Yeah. And we like, you know, make our note, like we make notes about what music goes in, whatever. Then Olivia, like, you know, I'll maybe cut it down and like write notes. And then Olivia will put the sound clips in um, and she'll cut it down some more and like blend them. And then Bo does our cleanup sound. He like makes it sound even and pretty and he normalizes it. He makes it so that it's enjoyable to listen to in your headphones, uh, gets rid of any like echo or like uh it so like i i've had like i think that's a bit big feedback we've got consistently from professional like people how good our sound quality is and makes it sound like something that you want to listen to bo hooks it up but we spent hours on this a week writing i write the con you know we write the content we write like even before it gets to bo it takes about 16 hours to get all the like clips in and to like figure out what the best parts were and yeah including our notes and like doing you know the emails and the social media like we've learned so much it takes a lot a lot um but we love doing it but we'd also love if you'd share it more <laughs> yeah if you if you are liking what we're doing if you're down with the chill and ambitious and you want to keep hearing this 
please tell your friends about it. Uh, share us on social medias. Like our stuff on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Chill Ambitious. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, give review. Us, and review us. Give us an interesting review. Because um, that's going to... People still use iTunes a lot to find podcasts. So like, yeah. you know, you got to, yeah. people like to read the reviews to find out like whether or not she should even yeah. give this a chance. Comment on SoundCloud, do it, you know, do it all. Uh, and that would really help support us and take us to the next level. Yeah. So we can keep giving you content and we can maybe bring a mixer to your town. <laughs> yeah. We'll figure it out. Come, we'll meet, come meet our life innovators. Um, yeah. And don't be shy. You can definitely, if you reach uh, out to us, we love it. We'll talk to you all the time. I'm trying to take a page out of Janine's handbook and be out of pocket with my conversations yeah we've met some twitter people who have just been like hey stumbled across you in the internet i like what i like what you're doing we're like yes so yeah like more of that uh would be so appreciated and yeah we work really hard to to make this the best we can make this um yeah so do yeah please thank you we love you all right i'm O. am no and Catch us for season two. Yep. Bye. Bye. Finish him.